Look at your neighbor and say, joy is my portion. Now, some of you kept looking straight at me. Look at your neighbor and say, joy is my portion. Look at your other neighbor and say, you sure could use some. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm waiting to, like, duck from Bibles, especially if you got, like, a Thompson chain. No, but seriously, <laughs> I really am going to do my best to, to just share with you. I understand as a revivalist, I want to come and I want to preach and I want to put the fire on people and all that good stuff. But really what I want to do is I want to drop some keys and some nuggets and the word of God in the area of joy. Because more than ever have we seen depression, suicidal thoughts, people who just been mentally beat up over the head by the devil, and you need to be uh, rock solid in the word of God when it comes down to joy. Joy needs to be in your home. Joy needs to be in your marriage. Joy needs to be in your ministry. Joy needs to be in your life. Can you say amen? amen. Now look at your other neighbor and say, let your face know it. I got to pick on you a little bit. Say gravity, gravity. loosen my cheeks. I look around. I've been doing that almost 20 years. I've, I've been in prisons with like people doing life and the joy of the Lord hits them and they're like, what's happened to my face? <laughs> but seriously, I'm going to do my best to really just break down some things. Listen, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 2, don't be afraid. For Jesus comes to bring joy. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who's in the crack house, the blue house, the green house. I know who's in my house, and his name is Jesus. And he came to bring joy for me to walk in joy, regardless of what it looks like in the natural. Can you say amen? I'm really trying. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3, talks about how the oil, the oil of joy, the oil of gladness will come to replace mourning. And that the, the garment of praise, it will come to lift a spirit of heaviness. And we have a lot of people today because of what they're seeing happening in the world, whether what, what, just in their, their families in general, the things we see on TV, and it's, it's like weighed them down with a spirit of heaviness. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus, that oil, that oil that changed my life, the anointing, I'll never forget sitting in a church just like this, Looking at me the same way I looked at that preacher. And I walked in that church and I was so high. I mean blitched. Smoked two Optimos that morning. Walked in, sat in the church, and just stared at that pastor. Or he was actually a visiting preacher like me. And half of me was like, this is a show. The other half of me was like, is this real? I wasn't raised in church. Some of you know my story, and I'm not going to go into my whole testimony right now. I'm not. But to give you a, a taste of it, a little, or, or, or a little snapshot of it, I dealt with a lot of trauma from age, a uh, little boy, sexually abused from age four or five all the way to age 11. Had my first, not last, but first pistol pulled on me at age nine. Lost my grandma Stella around that same time. Watched my mom get hit. Raised in one of the worst neighborhoods of Tampa in the 80s and the 90s. So you know what comes in that environment. So dealt with a lot of that. To the point in my uh, younger year or younger adult years, I was suicidal. <sighs> but the joy. I know what it's like to hold the serrated blade in my neck. I know what it's like to hold the shotgun under my chin. I know what it's like to be right there. The enemy just bombards your mind. Do it. Do it. 
But as I was sitting in a church kind of like this, this same similar size, it felt like someone walked up behind me with a bucket of oil. It was a big painter's bucket of oil. Is what it, it's not what it was, but it's what it felt like. So if you would have taken that bucket and just filled it with warm syrup. So again, here I am sitting here. And can I just be real today? I know, I, I know some of y'all. You guys have already, yeah, praise the Lord. There's a few of y'all new ones. And I'm really used to being down there. <laughs> but anyways, I was sitting there, and, and, and I'm, I'm just blitzed. And I'm looking at that preacher, and all of a sudden it felt like somebody took that bucket of oil and dumped it on top of my head. And I was saturated from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet that I physically thought someone dumped something on top of my head. And it was that warm oil, say the anointing. It doesn't break. It destroys every yoke of bondage. My high instantaneously left. And I begin to say, is this that drug, that drug? I listed about six or seven because if you have a history in drugs, you know different drugs do different things to your body. I couldn't put a label on it. And all of a sudden, that preacher said, you, come here, kind of like I did with some of you all. But you all came. I said, no. <laughs> but it felt like the wind of heaven hit my back. And before you know it, I get up, and I'm staggering, and I can't walk. And long story short, I'm not going to go into all of it. I'm a little drunk in the Lord. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. So this is just my intro. <laughs> if you got to go. I haven't even made it. To, I'm like this far. So I walk up on the stage. Man of God says, lift your hands. I was just, you know, living crazy. And now I'm in a church and in front of human beings and people. And he said, lift your hands. I lifted my hands. And all of a sudden, I began to cry. And he began to prophesy over me, and he said, God's called you to be like a little David. Many will come to the Lord by the testimony in your life, and he's placing his armor upon you. And this old black lady was behind me praying. I didn't understand nothing she said, but I understood power when she laid hands on my back, and I felt like something ripped out of my chest. You read the Gospels. You see that happening in the Gospels. <laughs> but now, somebody say Joy. Joy is what marked me. See, I used to live across the street from these Puerto Ricans. My wife's Puerto Rican. I just always attracted Puerto Ricans. I'm not Puerto Rican. My name's Italian. It's not Spanish. Some of y'all think I'm Spanish, and I'm not. So I, when the music was on, notice how I just rocked? That's how white people dance. You know, you know, some of y'all got a great-great-grandparent who maybe threw some adobo in that joint, but me, I don't have that. So we're like, we're like palm trees. And every now and then you'll get this out of us. No, I'm just kidding. There's some of y'all, us white people that can, got moves. I saw y'all up here. But go check your family tree. No, I'm just messing <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding. Hold on, baby. Where was I at? <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking about the joy. So I'm at church, the, the bucket of oil what it felt like. It was the anointing that fell upon me. I get set free. They lay hands on me. They prophesy over me and, 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 and was a drug addict for six years, started at a young age. And I go home and these Puerto Ricans live across the street from me. And uh, you know, we did cocaine together, got high together, drunk together, club together, all that. Then all of a sudden they see me and Joey, who was from Brooklyn, was like, yo, bro, you're glowing. I never get told. But you should have seen him, Joe. He was like, he was like, bro. What he was really saying is, what do you have that I don't have? Because, see, me and him, our joy came from what we snorted. It came from the triple, double stack, Mitsubishi. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It came from that stuff. But one touch from Jesus, and he was like, bro, you're glowing. And that's what happens when you, when you come into a, a, a house of God that's free with Jesus. 
praises Jesus, lifts up the name Jesus. I mean, my God, pastor of your preaching, brother. Bro, I didn't even need to come up. I was just like, keep going. I mean, he's just preaching. But you get in this atmosphere where the Holy Ghost has free right away. And then what happens is, is you get touched. Then you get changed. That anointing comes upon you. And then that lost and dying world, they can't help but look at you and say, what is it you have? I don't know what to call it. I don't know what it is. But I know I want it. And then what happens? I begin to testify to him. Tell him about Jesus. And that's why it is vital the body of Christ walks in joy. Because too many are walking in religion, and you got the people getting high saying, I, I, I'm doing better than you are. Because some people are just getting high on religion. You know? Like Pastor Rodney says, they go from, 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 from crack to religion. They'll both kill. My prayer is that today you will leave here, and the joeys that are in your life, the Joey's in your family, the Joey's in your neighborhood, the Joey's at your job, the Joey's in your school. From today on, you will be so saturated by the glory of God that when they look at you, they'll say you're glowing. There's something different about you. What is it? You're going to tell them there's only one name given among men whereby we must be saved, and that name is Jesus, and I encountered Jesus, and I love Jesus, and he changed my life, and I know I'm born again. I know I'm blood washed. I know, I know I'm going to heaven. You understand? You'll begin to shout with a voice of triumph. You'll glorify God right there on the street corner and then tell them what God did in your life. Oh, praise God. Now, listen, not to sadden the mood. 125 people a day commit suicide in America. Grab a hold of this. America is the third leading country of suicides behind China and India. Every 11 minutes, someone is taking their life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Ages 15 to 24, it is the third suicide. It is the third leading cause of death in America. Joy is not an option. The joy of the Lord is not a game. You have family members that are always smiling at you, but on the inside, they are empty because they've yet to encounter Jesus. And that's why you can't give up on your loved ones. That's why you've got to be a vessel and a carrier. Say, I'm a vessel. I'm a carrier of the joy of the Lord. So today is all about you receiving joy and releasing joy because I'm sick and tired of seeing the devil take out our people taking out our cousins, our uncles, and our aunts. Can you say, not on my watch. Come on, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give us what? Life and life what? More abundantly. Say this with me. Say, I am filled with the joy of the Lord, and I will release it everywhere I go. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, the, listen, the joy of the Lord, it is your birthright. The joy of the Lord is your birthright. And let me just make this clear. I'm not here to get you to clap and get you worked up and leave here the same way you came. I'd rather an impartation take place in you by the Holy Ghost. Joy is your birthright. It was purchased with the blood of Jesus. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He poured out his blood. In John chapter 17, verse 4, what did he say? It is finished. What's finished? The debt was paid. What did they put on his head before they hung him on the cross? What came out of the ground in Genesis? What was the representation of the curse? Thorns. What was beat upon Jesus' head? What came in contact with the thorns? They thought they were mocking Jesus. What Jesus is telling the world is, I'm going to take the curse upon myself. It's going to encounter the blood, and the blessing is greater than the curse. And my people and my children don't have to walk around with suicidal thoughts and depression and thoughts of defeat because the blood is more powerful 
than the curse. It is more powerful than suicidal thoughts. It's more powerful than a tormented mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say this with me. Only victory. Only victory. The Bible says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. So the joy of the Lord is valuable. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to plead for it. I'd almost go as far as saying you don't even have to ask for it. You just got to thank God for it and walk right on in it. Can you say amen? Don't ever, don't ever. That's why it's so attacked. The joy of the Lord is so attacked. There's some key, you notice there's key areas in the body of Christ where it's always attacked. Why? The devil don't want you to walk in prosperity. That's attacked all the time. They want to keep Jesus, what, either a baby or on a cross. They don't want to know him as a resurrecting God who conquered death, hell, and the grave, sits at the right hand of the Father. They don't want you walking in the joy of the Lord, and if you laugh, they make fun of you. Yet I have seen people with stage four cancer hit by the power of God, laugh for hours on the floor, and the doctor says, I don't know how to tell you this, but the cancer is gone. There have been marriages. People have been married 10, 20 years and just waiting to go sign the paperwork for divorce. And they come in one last time, and they get hit by the power of God and the joy of the Lord, and, and one's crying here and laughing, one's crying here, then that one rolls, and, and that one rolls, and then before you know it, they're holding hands, and God restores their, their marriage. You understand? That's the power of the joy of the Lord. So let them laugh. Who cares? Who cares? Laughter is like medicine to the bones. I thank God for the joy of the Lord. Listen, open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. I know there was someone in here saying he didn't even say open up his Bible yet. But I quoted like nine scriptures, bro. But go ahead and open up your Bibles. It's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, uh, 10, verse 4. Joy requires you to take authority over your mind. You can't be nonchalant. See, I'm all for lift your hands, worship, and just receive, and we lay, lay, lay hands. And there is a place for that. And at the very end, it's a very good chance that's going to happen again. However, you have to have the Word of God. You, you, you have to have revelation in these areas. What will happen is you'll get the joy, and then you'll go out there, and then the enemy pushes you on the side of your head, and you'll be like, he pushed me. Instead of grabbing that joker by his shirt, choke slamming him with some praise, begin to work. Jesus. All right. Go over to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. What does it say? It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But, though you guys are so nice. You put it up. Okay, there you go. Okay, we, we use God's mighty weapons. Not, oh, this is NLT version, isn't it? Okay, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning to destroy false arguments. Go ahead. Verse 5, and if you can't, it's okay, I know it. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty in God through the pulling down of strongholds. Doing what? Bringing every thought. Every what? What? Do, what are you doing with that thought? And into the obedience of what? That's right. One translation says, into God's word. So the devil, he'll lie to you, tell you you're not saved. God doesn't love you. You should get revenge. You should do this. And before you know it, the enemy is tormenting your mind. And you know what? He comes with it one time. You just kind of brush it off. Then he comes the next time. Eh. But before you know it, because so many people are passive aggressive in this area, the enemy will hit you with that lie over and over and over to the point you'll go, maybe I am defeated. Maybe I'm not loved. Maybe I'm not saved. Maybe I should. Versus learn how to respond quickly to anything contrary to the word of God. You understand? I spent months, and I'll just give a little piece of my testimony. 
This, this isn't just, I'm not preaching at you. I'm your brother in Christ, and I have to do what I preach from, from what I go through. I went eight months, I'm as an ordained, whatever title, evangelist, been in ministry, preaching the gospel for many years now, and even I wanted to put two people in the ground. I'm not joking. I went eight months, I mean, literally, mentally battling. I wish I could tell you that sometimes you're just going to quote one scripture and it's all going to be taken. No, no. Sometimes you got to fight the good fight of faith. You got to meditate upon the word of God day and night. I had to take the word. I had two people violate, you know, an individual in my family. I wanted to, it got so bad. One night I had my breaking point. I literally had it all worked out. What happened with me is, is I, did, I, I was passive aggressive. I was like, I'm good. I can quote nine scriptures at this. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm, 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 I got this. I'd be in worship. All y'all jokers are doing this. I can take them out this way, that way. It's funny. But when you come from the environment where it's nothing to see someone roll the window down and, and, and shoot. It is, is nothing. I mean, I've been in the car. It's, it's, it's nothing. Like it, but you get born again. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, right? right? I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer uh, 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 I who lives with that life I live. I live by faith in the Son of God, right? So that's not me no more. But don't think the devil don't try to come back. Say, hey, why don't you retaliate? You're a punk. I'm telling you what I went through. You're a punk. How are you going to let that happen to your family? You always said if that happened, this is what you do. Come on, preacher man. What you going to do? And it's like a nagging and a nagging and a nagging. Somebody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. He's your helper at your lowest moments. So here I am. I'm in my bedroom. I'm crying my eyes out like, that's it? I'm taking the door off the hinges. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it in front of his wife. I'm going to get a pizza, and I'm going to smile on my way to prison. That's literally the thoughts that went through my head. The scary part is I preach behind bars hundreds of times. So there's like a, I don't have that thing that some people who've never been in there, right? I mean, it's just flesh. That's just flesh. So you need to hear this even from a preacher sometimes. Because sometimes as preachers, we like to get up here and not Pastor Nick. I thank God he's one of the realest men of God I know. But they're like plastic. It's like, bro. Like, are you pre, have you ever been pressed? Have you, have you ever been a hit with a trial in life? Jesus never said you weren't going to go through anything. He just said that though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Keep walking, bro. He said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He never said I wasn't going to be as the preachers. It's like Rob Parsons, these people they preach this part. I'm just going to say it. So, so what happens? You get in the fiery furnace, and what happens? Jesus shows up. You put me in the lion's den. What happens? He never said you weren't going to end up in a lion's den. He never said you wouldn't be in a fiery furnace. He never said the weapon wouldn't be formed against you. He just said it wouldn't prosper. From today on, take authority quickly over every lie of the enemy. The devil tells you, you you've done this, you've done that. No, 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 no. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I have victory. You open up the refrigerator and you hear echo, echo, echo. I've been there. You open it up and you keep looking. Brother, you got three items in there. Mustard. <laughs> you can name. <laughs> What's the other one? Right, you got some mayonnaise and some coleslaw. You can open it all you want, bro. You got three items in there. My God shall supply all my need. My wife and I have been there. No food in the refrigerator. And we just press in and we pray. And all of a sudden we hear a knock at the door. Open the door and there's bags of groceries right there. You understand. So, so you're going to go through some stuff. But when the enemy tries to tell you, you ain't going to eat, you're going to starve, whatever it is. 
You have to respond quickly. Someone say quickly. With the word of God. Can you say amen? amen. Declare this with me. I am God's child. Joy is my birthright. By the blood of Jesus. My mind will only meditate upon the word of God. And I will only walk in the image and the likeness of God. Can you say amen? All right, praise God. Joy is the result of trusting God. Some of you have been hit with some stuff that, that, that caused your trusting God to be shaken. Today, your trusting God is going to be uh, uh, refreshed, re-strengthened by the Holy Ghost. No cracks in the armor. No cracks at all. Can you say Amen. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, if you want to go there in your Bible. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Then, so that, you're, so that you may overflow, someone say overflow, overflow. with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice what God is saying to you. He's telling you that this joy and this peace will overflow in your life with the condition of trusting him. It's impossible to really trust God when, and I've been there, I'm not pre listen, I'm not preaching at you. Let the shoe, what's the old timers say? Let the shoe lie where, I don't know how to say that thing, but y'all get the point. You understand the point I'm making? Yeah. All right, praise God. You can't have spiritual snacks and expect to be strong. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It is impossible to trust God the way you're really supposed to trust him if you don't hang out with him. Now, I know I'm speaking to a group of people that predominantly hang out with God, but I also know what it's like to be an ordained minister, preach many sermons, and yet, eh, I can quote those scriptures. I can, I can go a few weeks without really pressing in and reading my word. Stale bread. Who wants a bite of that? Nobody. I was just talking, pastor over here, about good bread, no carb bread. We love bread. I want to challenge you from today. Hang out with God more. Not from a place of I'm scared of the devil. I don't have to fear the devil. He's already been dealt with. And I don't have to hang out with God from a place of religiosity either. I'm hanging out with him because I love him. I'm, I'm hanging out with him because he's worthy. I'm hanging out with him because he's good. I'm hanging out with him because I'm grateful for everything he's done in my life. So if the trust, if you feel like I, I get put in this trial, I'm struggling to trust God, then what is your word life like? Do you have a daily devotion? I want to challenge you with that. Billy Graham himself, the man who shook the world with the gospel, he's preached to what they say, like what, one, one billion people on the planet. He read... Uh, what, Psalm, he, read, he read two psalms every day, and then at night before he went to bed, he would read uh, a chapter out of the Old or the New Testament. He knew the importance of reading and feeding upon the Word of God daily and spending time with him. Never could he reach a place that said, I preach to stadiums, I know all 66 books, I can quote a thousand. He never reached that place. He, he, he kept childlike faith. He stayed constantly depending on God. I'm nothing without you. I need you. I'm hungry for you. I thirst for you. Do that and watch your trust be so solid with God or trust in him. And then you watch. What, was, what did he say? The overflow? The peace of God will overflow in your life. Who wants that? Jesus. Joy is the result of trusting God. Hallelujah. Joy is a kingdom principle. Say this with me. There's no escaping the joy of the Lord in heaven. Some people, they try to escape it their whole life here as Christians, which blows me away, because you're going to go right smack dab into joy. Yeah. 
It's a kingdom principle. Is there joy in heaven? Bible says what? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the depression of the Lord. Could you imagine? And here's the crazy part. Some people would say, sign me up. No. It's a kingdom principle. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom. Come. Thine will, thy what? Will be done. Where? On earth. As it what? I don't know about you, but if there's joy in heaven, I want joy in my life right now. It's a kingdom principle. Hallelujah. Psalms 23, verse 5. If you want to go, go there with your Bible. You anoint my head with oil. My cup. I'm, I'm coming down here. I, I, I've, done, I've been up here as long as I can take it. <laughs> my cup, it runneth over. Don't be a greedy Christian. This joy is not just for you. What happened with Joey? Who can tell me what Joey said? The way Joey said it. Yo! Bro! He was, you know, you remember, you remember, you remember Joey. <laughs> we weren't saved then, but she remembers Joey. Joey, walk out. Shut up. Bro, you're going. What was happening? Psalm 23, verse 5. The oil that was dumped on my head that day, the anointing, was so saturated upon me that everywhere I went, it saturated those around me. Everywhere you go from today in Jesus' name, you will manifest the kingdom of heaven. You will manifest the glory of God. You are a vessel and a carrier of the glory of God. You, you don't have time to be depressed. I just shared with you some of my testimony. You can't tell me, well, you don't, under I understand. Trust me, I get it. But if it wasn't for the joy of the Lord, I promise you I would be dead or in prison. Don't let this jacket fool you. And I'm only wearing this jacket because we bought it this past week and went to a gala. What do you call that thing? But because I'm born again, I'm not taking the receipt back. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but don't tempt me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I like it. It's cool. I mean, I like jackets. It's just, anyways. How do I get and keep this heavenly joy? Who wants to know that? I got seven quick keys. Number one, you must be born again. How, how, how are you walking in that joy? You know, people come to church don't mean they're in Christ. But that can change today. It's really simple. You believe with your heart, confess with your mouth that God rose Jesus from the dead. You repent and say, God, I'm yours. Your blood, it washes me, it cleanses me, and it sets me free. I am yours, Lord Jesus. I mean, here's my heart. Here's my, you understand what I'm saying? So if you're in here right now and you don't know Jesus, you can get born again, brother. And trust me, you want to be born again. You understand? You must be born again, but here's, here's the, the, the end of that sentence that I wrote was, and, and you must turn from a lifestyle of sin. A lot of Christians who I love dearly, they struggle in this area. And it doesn't mean that you ain't still growing. I want to hit on this, actually. I'll go put this down. This is a really good point because I think this is what happens to a lot of Christians. It's what I went through. So, and you guys have probably heard me say this before, but for the people that weren't here. Salvation is instant. Sanctification is a process. And what happens is a lot of times you get saved and you love God and you want to you uh, 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 make him proud and you want to you display the kingdom of God, but you still got some areas that need to be worked on. So then what happens is, is you, you make a mistake and that condemnation comes in and then you, you, you leave church for, for two, three, four, five weeks and, and you backslide a bit and then, okay, I'll come back and then I'm going to sit in the back of the church Right, I'm gonna sit in the back, and then you kind of have this like weird cycle going on. With I, I know what you're saying, 
because I can remember uh, when I first got saved and a handful of months later, I'm at the River Church of Tampa, and now I'm ushering. I am the last person with my patience. Like, I had people tell me, I, I want to move. If you don't move, no, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> but that's a reason why they put me in the back of the church. And had me, but, but I, that was my growing. And then we would leave there, and then someone would cut me off, and I'd roll the window down and grab the, the snapple, you know, that glass bottle. And I'm sitting here rolling up. I just praise the Lord. And, and my wife's like, you can't do that no more. You remember that? Can I, can I just tap him with the car? Can I just give him a little bump? No, but seriously, that was my thing. I would shatter windows and, and break things and throw things and just had temper tantrums, you know, demonic temper tantrums is what, is what I call them. But hear what I'm saying. When I would mess up, I thank God for an older man of God. That's why you need to value the older men and women of God in your life. Can you say amen? Okay, they may not have the title of elder, but if they're, if they're giving you wisdom from multiple generations, like that, you, you got to cherish that. And I thank God for an older man of God who told me, Antonio, listen, there ain't nothing you're dealing with that God doesn't already know about. You ain't hiding it from him. You want to hit him in the face? Go tell God you want to hit that guy in the face. And then let him minister to you, not, oh, I'm condemned. I let God down, so I'm going to throw my Bible over there, and I'm going to stop going to church. If you're in this place, and you've been struggling to walk in joy, and maybe, maybe you're shacking up, maybe you're drinking, maybe you're still clubbing. Listen, we love you, and we are grateful that you are here today. Do you hear me? But you can leave here changed. You can leave here by the power of the Holy Ghost and set you free. You don't have to run with, and you don't have to have one foot in the world and one foot in church and then wonder why you are mentally tormented. Because if you open up the door to the enemy like that, like what the old-timers say, you give him an inch... Let the word of God dwell in you richly. I hit on that. That's Colossians 3.16. You want to see the joy of the Lord increase in your life? Hang out with him. And this is not a formula. Say that with me. Say, this is not a formula. You could sum everything up I'm saying with just this right here. Hang out with God. Chill with him more. Obey his word. I'm just giving you nuggets in the midst of all that. Amen? Make prayer a lifestyle. I love Smith Wigglesworth. Anybody ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? He said, I don't pray that long, and I never go that long without praying. I said, come again, bro. I never graduated high school, so I was like, hold on. Let me read this again. <laughs> I never prayed. Oh, you mean prayer is a lifestyle. Ah, oh, you got it, young man. I could almost see him like, oh, you got it. Okay. <laughs> Number five, praise and worship daily. This is not just a Sunday thing where you have a phenomenal. Put the hands together for the worship team we got here. They're, you can tell they're not worshiping and praising to entertain you, but to usher you into the presence of God. I have preached in some places where just thank God for what you have. Can you say amen? But it's not a dun 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 dun. What about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? There should always be a song going on in your heart. Psalms, what is it, 1611, I believe it says. He goes, I'll show you the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know why some people don't have no joy? They don't have no direction. Still wondering, God, what am I supposed to be doing? He's like, if you would just hang out with me, you'd walk right into it. Like, ask my wife how I get when I don't know where I'm going. That's why I always say I'm that one guy. Out of all you dudes in here, praise God, whatever, I'm like, babe, which way do I go? I'm that guy. It works. Been married 21 years. I'd be lost without you, girl. Number six, live in the spirit. Live in the Spirit. What's that mean? Yield. Learn to yield to the Holy Ghost. Talk to the Holy Ghost. Spend time with the Holy Ghost. He's your helper, your comforter, your friend, your guider. Hang out with him. It's not just rolling on the ground, which is cool. Say lifestyle. 
All right, listen, I, I, I <laughs> you guys put that clock on there. <laughs> when I preach, I have no idea what time it is. Do I have a few more minutes, Pastor? Praise God. Praise, you guys ready to fast today? All right, number seven, make walking or not walking in joy a non-negotiable. Did you hear what I just said? Make not walking in joy a, it, it is not negotiable. We're, we're, there's no, 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 no. I'm not going days and weeks depressed, bogged down, heavy spirit. The moment you get hit with something, you need to immediately operate in the opposite spirit. You need to immediately, and I begin to praise him instead of a, uh, the, 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 the heaviness. What? He gave me a garment of praise, right? And, and glad oil. And God, you're good. And God, I worship you. And God, and before you know it, what happened from there to here? It left. Because it comes back to trust. Do you believe that God's going to work that out, whatever that situation is? Remember I said you overflow in the joy and the peace if I what? If I trust him. My wife already knows I'm transparent so I can say this. So I got a daughter. Y'all already know half the story. Right? She ran away. She, has, she got a baby. And, and, and she, she's living that lifestyle. Now, I could bury the kid which is bad, or I can, deep revelation there, or I can trust God that all things work together for the good. To them that love God. Thank God she didn't have an abortion and I can hold my granddaughter. Can you, you know, there's things I can praise him regardless. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so it's a non-negotiable. Can you handle a little bit more? Can I stretch it just a little bit? Is it good? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If you've decided that joy is your portion, shout that with me. Joy is my portion. All right, praise God. Let's talk about how does God feel about joy. And then here in a few minutes, we're going to go ahead and we're going to press in because I do believe there's a few of you all in here, maybe more than a few. You're really hungry for a touch from God. You really need some things broken off your life that only the anointing can do. And you, and you are really determined to walk in joy like never before. And I'm not talking about a mental hype where you work yourself up here. But a joy that bubbles up from the inside. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. May your insides... I believe the joy of the Lord is going to break out in this place. How does God, what God feels about something, is that important to you? So can we talk about for a few minutes how important joy is to God? God loves to increase it. Isaiah 9, 3 says, you've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. I pray in the name of Jesus that joy is going to sweep across America from California, Oregon, all the way over to New York, all the way down to Florida, back over to Texas, and all in between. Don't ask me the name of the states in the middle. <laughs> but he wants to enlarge. Say that with me. Say, God, enlarge my joy. God wants you filled with joy. 1 Peter 1.8 says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. Say, I believe in him. And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. An inexpressible and unexplainable. I can't even make sense. I'll give you a great example. One night, middle of the night, I got a banging on my door, and it was these cops. And uh, cops say, hey, come outside, brother. I mean, it's middle of the night. I'm like, what's going on, officer? He's like, well, your window's been busted out. And the joy of the Lord hit me. <laughs> it's like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. I came from a dead sleep. And I loved my 1992 Toyota Celica, maroon. Praise God. I even had that little button that made my shifter, you know, like it made it go a little faster. And these dudes busted out my window. Now, I, had, I was a baby Christian, but the joy Lord hit me, and the cop thought something was wrong with me. Listen, <laughs> here's the deal. 
Here's why I ultimately believe the joy of the Lord hit me. I wasn't this John Gotti dude. Please don't let me. I was the funny one in the group that was crazy. Now, my, the people I ran with back in the day, they were the crazy ones. Some of them doing like 10, 20 years right now. I was the goofy dude in the group. So I'm not trying to portray to you that I was this like John Gotti dude, because I wasn't. But I can tell you, if I didn't get hit with the joy of the Lord at that time in my life, I probably would have gone up and down the streets all night looking for them. And who's to say if I would have ran into them back then with my dumb self at that time when I wasn't even in that lifestyle no more, what could have happened to me that night? The joy of the Lord, it also protects you from your own dumb decisions. It doesn't get any more simpler than that. When the joy of the Lord comes, it ain't just for a Sunday morning service. The Lord will protect you with his joy. Can you say amen? All right, a few more. God wants you strengthened with joy. The Bible says, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. We can all quote it. Message translation, passion translation, New King James translation. But from today on, you're going to walk in it. Can you say amen? Some of you, your marriages need strengthening. Your ministry needs strengthening. Day-to-day life needs strengthening. Stop trying to carry stuff on your shoulders that you have no business carrying. Some of you are carrying some stuff for, your, for loved ones and family. I had to give my daughter to God. I cried my tears. I'm, I'm not giving you a, a cotton candy like you're just always going to be. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean you ain't going to cry. It doesn't mean you ain't going to go through a tough time, right? But what's the, what's the Bible say? Uh, uh, morning or you, your eyes, you know, you wipe your tears, but joy comes in the what? Morning, right. Oh, Jesus. God wants you to keep your joy. John chapter 16, verse 22. This is so good. Please pay attention. And no one will take away your joy. Stop sharing your joy from the standpoint of like, here, devil, you can have it and play with it for a little while. Yes, you should share joy, but not like allow people to come and just take it from you all the time. I'm going to let that sit and linger. Some of you moms and dads, you got children. I got four of them and a granddaughter. I love them. I want to shake them sometimes too. There are moments. I got two of them in the front row, which I love dearly. If you touch my pepperoncinis and my lemon Italian ice, one more time, I will snatch the soul. No, but I love them dearly. But I've even learned as a parent, I have learned as a parent, as funny as that sounds, I've learned as a parent, I got to guard my joy. I don't always make the mark. There's times where I lose it too. And I go back to my prayer closet, and I get filled up. Give yourself some grace, parents. I'll say it again. And, and spouses. Some people think my wife and I just float around on clouds. No. Joy is my portion. Joy also allows you to apologize. I believe I can raise the dead. Well, can you apologize too? Hallelujah, I know God's going to use me, babe, to just lay hands on those with AIDS and cancers and broken bones are going to pop out. But then you hear the Holy Ghost. Go apologize. Uh. So you believe that I can empower you to lay hands on somebody with, with stage four cancer. Oh, so you like the gifts. It's, it, 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 it's, it's the fruit. I'm going to come back over here. I got a few looks. <laughs> All right. Praise God. I'm just going to jump right over here. We're going we're gonna to wrap this thing up. Hey, listen, I want you to foolproof your joy. And here in a second, we're going to worship. And, and if you really, really just need, and I mean that genuinely, guys, 
You're in a house full of your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You have nothing to be ashamed about. Smith Wigglesworth himself, a man who traveled the whole world, got uh, 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 touched by the power of God, I think age 54 or 56, went and hit all the continents, and yet there was a night where he went down to the altar, and people were like, what's wrong? Ain't nothing wrong. That's why he shook the world. Man, grab a hold of that. We try to sit in church like we got it all together. But there are just times where, I, 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 bro, I, I need you not to judge me. I need you not to beat me down and roast me behind my back. What I need you to do is, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? If you see me come down to the altar, can you not wonder, am I battling a divorce? No, I'm not battling a divorce. So maybe I'm not, but, but whatever my issue is, it ain't none of your business. Can you just pray with me? You understand where, where I'm coming from? More, listen, the church that I walked into on Father Avenue in the inner city of Tampa, I smelled like drug. I mean, it was just bad. I was rude to them. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Get out of my way. All that jazz. They embraced me. They loved me. They fed me. They brought me in their home. You understand? They read the Bible with me. Like, if, if they would have mistreated Jesus, man. So, you're free in this house because that's the house that Pastor Nick and Missy, that's what they run in this house by the power of the Holy Ghost. So, if you're in this place and you're new, here in a minute, we're going to play some worship music. Maybe you're a mom and you need to give your children over to God. Maybe you're a husband and you're like, listen, with the gas prices and everything else, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to do it. You're going to watch, like, like Pastor said, you're going to watch the blessings of God overtake you. You're going to watch the joy of the Lord fill you. Oh. All right. So I'm going to give you these last few things so you can get the worship ready here in a minute. Not, the whole team don't need to come up just like you guys did a little bit ago. I'm going to show you how to foolproof your, uh, your joy. So not only do you have it, but you keep it. And that's important too, right? Not just getting it, keeping it and, 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 and giving it. I took this right out of 1 Chronicles chapter 16. I want to encourage you all to, to go read that at home. Don't just take what I say to you or what any preacher says to you. you know, Fact-checking fact is a popular terminology these days. Well, praise God. Go fact-check it with the word. <laughs> so what I'm giving you, it is truth. It's 1 Chronicles chapter 16. You can go read that on your own time. But I literally just read it and then wrote down what it said. You ready? First thing those people did is they gave thanks. I've never met a depressed Christian that's constantly praising God. I, it doesn't mean you don't go through. It doesn't mean you don't face challenges. It don't mean that, 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 that. You know, the enemy don't hit you with that semi-truck from time to time. I'm not saying that. But you'll never find a defeated Christian who's made up in their heart and mind to constantly praise God day in and day out. And I want to encourage you from today on, just make that decision in your heart. I'm going to praise God. No matter what it looks like. No matter what it feels like. No matter what's going on. I'm going to wake up in the morning, and the first thing out of my mouth is going to be, God, thank you. God, thank you. Depression can't stay on a person that's constantly praising God. It's impossible. Second thing the people did in 1 Chronicles 16, they proclaimed his greatness. Brag about God. All the time. Brad, just brag about God. He's so good. You're hanging out with your friends at the pizza joint or wherever you are. Man, God's so good. He's so good. This is what he did for me. He's so, he's so wonderful. He's so amazing. He did this. He did that. Proclaim. Someone say, open up your mouth. If there's one thing I've learned in my years with the Lord is there's two things that the devil's always trying to do to people. Get them to shut their mouth and isolate them. You can always see a spirit of heaviness on a person, or many times when I see a spirit of heaviness on a person, it's because of those two things right there. They're very isolated. 
and they're, they're very quiet. They don't praise God. They, they don't open up. The, and this, isn't not, this is not a personality thing. My wife, by nature, or what do you call that, by personality, my wife is an introvert. So am I. <laughs> I'm an extrovert. But yet I watch my wife worship and praise God. Because it has nothing to do with her personality. She just knows God is good. You understand what I'm saying? Proclaim his goodness. Second, or thirdly, testify. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I, I got to give you this quick, quick, quick testimony. I remember I went to uh, uh, Miss Betty. Miss Betty was this old, precious black lady who did my taxes for years. Precious woman. Went to her house to do my taxes, and man, I, she all every year she gives me, this is way back in the day, she'd always give me a stack of Bishop T.D. Jakes uh, DVDs and always would ask me, uh, baby, how you doing? So I was going through a really, really tough time, and I mean, I had my list made in my head. I, I'm, I'm going to hit her with everything I'm going. I'm just going to go, ah, everything going wrong in my life. So we sit down. I was getting ready to hit her with it, and all of a sudden she goes, you know, since the last time I saw you last year, I lost my son, had my hips and knees replaced, and this, 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 and this, but son, God is so good. And my mouth trying, and then she goes, baby, how you, oh, no, no, let me back up. She said, you could take all my stuff in my house, throw it on the front yard, take all everything I have. God is so good, baby. And then she hit me with, how you doing? God's been doing great things in my life. I knew by the Holy Ghost what just, I got hoodwinked. I, I came here with the intentions to complain to you. And that's why I love old timers who know how to walk with God, who've been through some things. Hey, if you're a young man or a young woman in here, I'll tell you something I did in my early 20s. I'm 42 now. But this right here, I thank God I did this. I would always, I would always ask older, and maybe it's because I just didn't have a dad or, and, and you know, just didn't really have any good ex, older, older example. I would always ask elderly people, hey, can, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Hey, can I take you out to eat? Oh, my God, it'll change your life. If you see an older man or woman of God in here, right, and you go here, honor them, bless them. And, and don't just kick them to the side. I'm telling you, you, don't, you, you have gold sitting right there. Ask them. If you, that's what I did in my marriage. I would ask people who were 10 years older than me. You know, my parents were married eight times combined. In Spanish, what is that? Ocho, babe. Ocho. Eight times my parents were married. So you could probably guess I didn't have the greatest example. So what did I do? I, I would sit down and I would talk with elderly men and women of God. Hey, can you, can you just talk to me about, like, godly marriage. And then one man of God said, yeah, we don't go to bed without apologizing. I'm like, ooh. Ooh, I don't know about that one. She needs to... Um. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Alright, so... They gave thanks. They proclaimed His greatness. They testified. They sang to Him. They rejoiced. One thing I taught all my children, this is the day the Lord has made. I will, that's it, amen. Those two words right there are so important. I will, it's a decision. I'm choosing no matter what. I'm going to rejoice today because this is the day the Lord has made. Can you say amen? All right, so I got a few more points. This is all from 1 Chronicles chapter 16. It says, remember the wonders uh, that he has performed in his miracles. Somebody say remember. The next time you get hit with something and before you panic, I want you to stop. And I want you to remind yourself about the two, three, four, five other times that you thought it was going to be impossible. But God got you through it. That's so key. My wife and I noticed, we don't, we, where are we going to live? What What car? We have all these little things. Yeah, I want food. Like, I'm not to feed you, bro. Like, I mean, go get a job. He's like, Dad, I'm five. Right now, I'm just kidding. 
but, but, but seriously, you were sitting in this impossible situation, but I've watched God's hand do the impossible so many times. And this is what's called spiritual maturity. When you get hit with something before you panic and then begin to declare and prophesy death over your situation, learn to praise them and then remember and begin with your own mouth. Say, God, I can remember when you did this for me. I remember when you did this for me. I remember when you did this for me. And you did this and you did this and you did this. And guess what? I'm going to see it again. Let that hit your heart. And in my closing, the last two things that they did, and, and 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and we're talking about how to foolproof your joy and keep it and overflow with it. Um, they remember, uh, oh no, sorry. They bring your, they brought their offering and came into his presence. They were giving people. Joyful people are giving people. You guys, I watched you today. You were so, there were, there were so many smiles. People were happy to give. They were happy to be a blessing. Grab this. Do that here and outside of there. You're out to eat. You see somebody over there. I got a heart for a single uh, mom because I was raised by one. If I see a single mom or whatnot, I'm, 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 I'm going to try to bless her. I'm going to do something. I see a police officer. I know, I know a lot of them, what they're going through. Hey, hey, thank you so much. Hash one by you. Here's a cup of coffee, right? I just gave, gave, gave lemonade to a cop the other day. You should have seen his face, the look on his face when I handed him this cup of lemonade. Be a giver. Can you say amen? Let giving be a lifestyle. When my wife and I had nothing, I'm talking nothing, no credit cards, no people, no nothing. We, my, there was times we were so, so broke. Lost my job. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm struggling to be a pastor at this time. And I watch my wife sow boxes of rice. She grabbed rice out of the cat in Jesus. Because she was taught, you just keep giving. Keep, don't get offended. Keep a giving heart. Even a box of rice. When a Puerto Rican gives rice... That's their alabaster box. Are you hearing me? The last thing was, the last thing was, proclaim the good news that he saves. Does Jesus save? Proclaim it. Be a soul winner. Tell people the good news. Tell them Jesus is soon to come back. Tell them what Jesus did in your life. You'd be amazed, that person you see every day at work. When's the last time you told them your testimony? Told them what Jesus did in your life. Invite them out to, uh, uh, for, for, for lunch. Jesus, let it rain, praise God. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Hey, listen, if you have to go, I get it, but it's raining, so you might as well get rained on in here. I believe, and I know we have a lot of people in here. I'm going to do, do two things. If you, I'm going to have them turn the worship on in a second. If you, I'm talking, you really need a touch from God. I mean, you really need a touch from God. I'm going to have you come up here and just, they'll line you up. And when you come up here, all I want you to do is close your eyes and lift your hands and let the joy of the Lord wash over you. And because of the sake of room, if you need a touch from God, the joy of the Lord, all you got to do is close your eyes and lift your hands, and I'll probably just walk around a little bit and lay hands. And even if I don't lay hands on you, you know what I've already said already. God will lay hands on you. But I'm going to open the altar, and we can stuff it, do what we got to do. It just makes it more fun to watch the ushers. I've been in those situations. And Pastor Rodney, he doesn't wait for you either. He just, so you're like, so anything you're doing, I probably had to do it myself. I get it. Close your eyes, lift your hands. Father God, we, just, we thank you so much. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence. We thank you that today is a day of refreshing. It's a day of rejoicing. That we are reminded today 
that joy, it is our portion. It was purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that from today on, we will walk in victory. Our heads will be high because of you, not because of us. You, you hold our head up. We will be strengthened in joy. Our marriages will be strengthened in joy. Our children will be strengthened in joy. We are going to walk in a supernatural joy. So much so that those in the world are going to look at us like Joey did and say, you are glowing. What is that? And we will tell them about you. We'll brag about you. We'll tell them about the cross. We'll tell them about the blood. We'll tell them about the resurrection. We'll tell them about the, the, the second coming of Jesus. We'll tell them. We'll tell them. And Lord, for anybody in here, their heart has been broken. They've been carrying some things. They've been doing their best to fight the good fight of faith. They, they, they've, been, they've been marching but they, they just need a fresh touch from God. Up my eyes to so much more. I saw the scene